Sprout Studios, home of the Windy City and the best 9-11 joke you've ever heard, proudly presents... Tom Hanksgiving, right here every Tuesday. Tom Hanksgiving, come on and press play. There's Elvis, the host with the most, yada 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 yada. With a different guest each week, they're the smart ones. Each episode's a new movie. About Tom Hanks, the man himself, of course, it's time for Tom Hanks giving. It's the best you can get. It's the rootinest tootinest podcast on the internet. Tom Hanks giving. Howdy, partner, and welcome to Tom Hanks giving. I am your host, Elvis, and I'm afraid of loud noises and kids without parents, and people with shoes, and podcasts that have too long of introductions. Today, we are talking about a very sensitive movie in the Hanks Library, 2011's Best Picture Academy Award nominee, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. We're joined today by Mr. Tyler Williams. How's it going? Considering we just watched the movie, just watched it. I'm a little bit of a all over the place and a little drained. How about you? I'm a little shell shocked. Yeah, that's that's an appropriate reaction to the to the picture. Well, the subject matter at the very one late. of the things I was thinking was that the movie was basically like the pain Olympics. They were like constantly trying to see and try to make you cry. Oh my god! Right, like there was like even a segment where they were like reading an emotional note, and people were crying. They're like, if you're not crying right now, are you not picking up what's going on in the movie? Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. You're you're absolutely right. You're also jumping in crazy. Okay, fast. But I'm just saying that that's how I feel. You're I'm right. You're right. Watch the pain Olympics. It's, right. It's it's. it's uh, like uh, an Oscar bait movie, a good Oscar bait movie should be, it's exceptionally efforted in its manipulation. Oh, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's kind of what it's there going there for. We're going to have a, a nuanced conversation about it. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I have to apologize to you, Tyler. I invited oh, yeah. you on the show, but you had no idea what movie we were going to no, watch. No, no idea. I actually didn't even know we were going to watch the movie. I thought we were just going to come here and talk about Tom Hanks. Because I knew you were doing another podcast. Like, right, So I was just right. sort of like, you know what? Like, this is going to be like his second one. And then just, hey, come by, say hi. Um, Not how it works, no. And in fact, this is your first time seeing it, right? This is my first time, yeah. First time for me as well. Uh, and yeah, uh, just to sum up uh, the movie, it's a movie about a, a child who's uh, essentially on the autistic spectrum uh, here and there. Uh and he's dealing with the death of his father, played by Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. who uh, was in the Twin Towers uh, on 9-11. And yeah. deals with the fallout from that. There's a weird kind of, as you described it, National Treasure-esque puzzle-solving yeah. thing. And it becomes kind of this, uh, well, it's a big, let's deal with this whole thing movie. Um, and uh, that's why we're a little disheveled at the moment. Yeah. Uh, well, at least that, that means that we have hearts. It, do, it does, right? Yes, if we had yes. left here and just like that was that was crap. We I mean, uh, bad people. we might say a little bit of that. <laughs> no, we're yeah, we're going to. I'm actually just doing the preface thing. Exactly, right? yeah. exactly. Yes, um, but uh, this is a so sensitive topic. Obviously, heads up in advance because uh, 9/11 was Jesus Christ, seven, 15 years ago. Fifteen now. years ago. Gosh, uh, I haven't watched, exposed myself to a lot of media no. about 9-11. Well, I, I generally just don't talk about 9-11. Right, it's a yeah. hard subject to talk about, but uh, since... I actually wrote a note in our notes. I said, uh, the goal of the podcast is to not talk about 9-11. You don't want to talk about 9-11? I was going <laughs> to ask. No, I mean, I just, like, we just have to pretend like the movie was, oh, and you know, something happened. Um, something kind of bad in the movie. Well, yeah. that's, that's, that's true, and what I want to do is maybe get the 9-11 stuff out. Up front, so then we can talk about the movie. Yeah, we can do that. So we can kind of diverse. Because we can't be completely thick to that. No, of course not. Uh, and, uh, and this might be too controversial a question, but uh, do you remember where you were? Yeah, I was like uh, in school, like this kid. Me too. Yeah. yeah. I remember like just like almost, I'm sure, lots of people in like that sixth grade, seventh grade range when they heard like the general details. They're like someone flew a plane into the World Trade Center. Mm-hmm. Like I was picturing almost like one of those planes with like a rotary, you know, like oh, a tiny wow, plane yeah, that was an yeah. accident, you know what I mean? Because it didn't sound like a really plausible thing. And like, the way the information came out, you yeah. know, it, was, it wasn't like there was any foul play. You thought it was an accident at first. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the, the idea of using a plane like as a weapon mm-hmm. was like just so unfathomable. You were just like, what do you mean that that's what they did? Like, we're, Now, let me ask you, uh, you were, you had this picture in your mind, but were you initially shocked, concerned, scared, terrified? 
when you first heard the news? Well, I think like a lot of people, like after the first plane hit, mm -hmm. a lot of people did think it was an accident. Yeah. Right. And then there was like that hour and a half delay. So no one really knew how to react. Yeah. Right. And like, it was also 2001. We weren't trained to be like something horrific in the news must be a terrorist attack. You know what I'm saying? We, That's true. Since then we really have become very sensitive to that kind of news. Well, September 11th changed like the way the country ran itself. Right, and like, yeah. Everybody kind of lost their goddamn minds afterwards. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, well, we were dealing with the, the trauma, uh, yeah. as is evident by this movie. Right. Um, but uh, I remember in, uh, a scene from this movie that I want to pull out, specifically that seemed so authentic, was when he, uh, when the main character... Uh, Oscar? Oscar, Jesus Christ. Uh, memorable character. <laughs> memorable <laughs> When Oscar Shell, amateur everything. Yeah. Um, I, I do like his little business card. I thought that was a nice touch. Um, oh, he's little Steve Jobs. That's yeah, a, that's yeah, the thing, yeah. right? That's nice. Um, when Oscar gets out of school, and specifically when he's talking to John Goodman, the security guard, uh, and John Goodman's talking about like he's watching it on the screen and the TV, and he's like, obviously, he's into what the hell is happening. But uh, Oscar is completely like, yeah, whatever. He doesn't recognize it. At least that's how I took it. Yeah. He's uh, in the moment after, because he has no personal attachment. He's not thinking about it. He's just like, I'm out of school. Whatever. I don't care. I'm going to continue to insult the security guard mm -hmm. and not think about how this affects me until, of course, he gets inside and the phone rings and he figures out what's going on. Yeah. Um, and that felt very true because I remember when the first, like, I was in Spanish class uh, in middle school. And uh, they turned on the TV. Nobody knew what the hell was going on. And then there was just this, you know, it was after the first plane hit. Because right. why would they be filming the first one? Although, yeah. Let's not get into ridiculous conspiracy we're not, theories. That's not what we're doing this podcast. No. Okay. That is, uh, that is. Because we're really well equipped to go <laughs> really deep into yeah. jet fuel, everything. Yeah. Not, not going to happen. Right. Not this time, kids. You might get more subs out of that, though. That's like. true. We have enough conspiracy theories within this movie. Yeah. To go. Uh, about the characters than to go into the whole We do have a lot of theories. Thing. I'm sensing it. Not I, that we talked be, about this be beforehand, but yeah. Um, but yeah, but I remember being a dipshit little kid and being like, not that... I had no perception of what this meant at the time. Right. I was just kind of like, oh, wow, playing. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, and uh, it's like weird that, you know... I, I, I appreciate that in the movie they captured that like complete juvenile petulance right because that's something I had and like it's something I I don't know if I guess I feel bad about it considering how horrible it was but it's also like a thing where I don't know when you're a kid you just don't know what the fuck is going on yeah well it's not like now you have right this, if I saw this like I'd be you... like ooh this is not good but in a much less sarcastic tone I gotta be I gotta be honest that like like you said I don't try to inundate myself with 9-11 visuals, mm -hmm. right? Like, if, if that's the gif that I jump into from Reddit, I'm backing right out. Yeah, like, I don't not, need to see this. Well, no, and it's it's also usually, in that sense, it seems like it's going to be used very immaturely. Exactly, anyway. yeah. But I gotta say that seeing the images in this movie of the towers falling down was, like, incredibly harrowing. Yeah, it, rem it reminds you of how, like, real this was. Yeah. And how, like... And as someone who's still, uh, I've never been to New York. Right. But uh, I, I imagine I would have to go to the site. Obviously, it's the Freedom Tower. I've actually never been there. And I've been in New York a lot. Oh, yeah? Since I, I think I did like this, this is embarrassing. That was in like this like choir or something, right? That was That's like, not like a national choir. You're a good singer. And we got together and we, and we did it in the wake of 9-11, like a concert mm -hmm. that was supposed to like commemorate it a little bit. So we, right. we did some songs that were like dedicated to the victims of it. But like, even though I've been around New York since then, I've been there since the Freedom Tower has been built, I've never gone near it. And I don't think that I'm saying that like, I'm like emotionally traumatized from 9-11 to mm -hmm. any greater degree than anyone else, yeah. right? But it is kind of like going around there is, again, like the word is harrowing. Like you That's just kinda, true, I guess you wouldn't, if you go there, even if you're the most detached person, you're probably going to have a... It's going to be a bummer. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like opening a wound. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, and that's kind of the, the the interesting part about this movie, which is incredibly flawed in its execution, a little bit manipulative. Right. And we're going to start diving into that fun stuff. But uh, it's, it's absolutely interesting in that this is... There was... A number of movies that were about 9/11, and this is yeah. and this is 2011, so it was it was 10 years it's after. The 10 year, yeah. Uh, so the 10 year anniversary. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when you put it in that context, which which is actually like probably it had the better chance because it'd been like 
oh, it wasn't an immediate reaction. Right. Uh, we, um, we've actually had time to think and feel like, what the hell was this? And right. So I think it's uh, interesting to watch from the perspective of we're trying to just deal with what this was. This is an expression of that collected trauma. Do you ever feel like those movies are trying to like commercialize like the trauma? Yes, right. that's the other downside. Yeah. I mean, especially because this is a huge Oscar baity film and was nominated for Best Picture. Right. Is like this feels like this is going to be the 9-11 movie. Right. The definitive. Because like, obviously um, World Trade Center With Nick Cage. United. I wrote that Free. down. We couldn't forget Nick Cage no. in that one. Yeah. No. Um, and uh, none of like I think United 93 was maybe again I haven't seen pretty much any of these 9-11. No I didn't movies. want to I see never those. Yeah. Sought them out. Uh, it wasn't a thing that I needed like to process through watching a movie. Right. But uh, I have heard on the positive side, this movie is actually, and un- perhaps unsurprisingly, for people who had people in the tower or who, who right. experienced a very personal tragedy, it helped them immensely yeah. uh, to process this. Th- that makes sense. I mean, like, I think that this movie does provide an incredible perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like, there's just this element in the movie when he's like on the phone like with his dad and he's in the building, like just like the degree of trauma associated yeah. with this event because it was sort of one in which like cell phones were kind of first really accessible. Do you remember like that people were calling from the planes? Yeah. Like telling loved ones that this is like this is the end and stuff and mm-hmm. like when you think of that, about that, right, I mean it really was one of those first in like the new or the beginning of like the new wave of technology like like traumas or like uh, you know tragedies where people like sort of had these stories where like people were basically there yeah. when like these horrible things happened the, the amount of visual right the amount of cameras people had like you know how like they found like all these other cameras with different perspectives and mm-hmm. stuff like the amount of information that came out was like the first or one of the first examples of like feeding the mass media news machine right yeah, where, like, it's it came really in. taken off uh, since then obviously yeah. there was the 24 hour news cycle and dramatization of all news and that before this, but yeah. this this changed you now how we related to foreign policy, it changed politics forever. People lost their minds and we were like went incredibly weirdly patriotic for a way and, and obviously for good reasons and for some questionable reasons. Yeah. Uh, and which I'm not entirely prepared to talk about it. We had the we had the Bush pitch. The Bush pitch was a... Yeah. Right? It's, it's kind of an, an incident that's been, like, glazed over in history. Like, how the hell did a lot of that happen? Like, it, it was insane, suddenly right? Suddenly, George Bush was this crazy hero. Yeah. And not the guy who choked on a pretzel. Right. Um, but, I, mean, the, I mean, like, that pitch is cool, I yeah. gotta say. Yeah, when no, you I watch know. the highlights of it, it's, like, huge stakes and stuff. But no, I know you're saying what you're saying. is like, we started to sing God Bless America at every event. Yes. But we, we started, like, in my high school, or in my school, I went through, like, K through 12, like, we had to do, like, the Pledge of Allegiance every single morning. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like, so there was a lot of it this, like, this thing. nationalism that came out of it, right? And for better and for worse. Yeah, right? and, I, and I, it, it obviously speaks to how much of an impact uh, the whole thing was. And... Uh, what what it, the interesting thing about this movie though is uh, when I was watching it, um, I, I think you you felt a similar way uh, if I'm reading you correctly is that it's, it's it feels incredibly manipulative at certain points where you were saying earlier like it's trying to get you to that point where you're gonna cry right and while I think again that's incredibly useful for people who it is this exactly personal so the one to one ratio for like people who lost someone in the tragedy. Yeah. It's perfect for that because they can relate to it on a complete surface level. I think it's interesting because like the, specifically the scene I want to talk about is where Sandra Bullock and uh, the kid are shouting at each other in the kitchen at night. And she's like, I don't know why someone would fly a plane into uh, the towers. I don't know why my husband's dead. And that big Oscar clippy moment and whatnot. That for me, did you, uh, first of all, did that scene work for you? Um, How did you feel about that? That scene was kind of disturbing to me, just so far as, like, it reminded me of, like, when I was, like, a hormonal kid. You know, like, when you were, like, a hormonal... So. Like, when you were, like, a kid, like... I mean, you know, I remember. When you are like, Quite growing clearly. up, and you're, like, you're in your, like, you know, puberty Constant phase, boners. Like, you're fighting... You fight with your parents a lot, right? Oh, yeah. yes, yes. So, like, it was about a About constant boners. Yeah, constant boners, you know, like, wet dreams and everything. <laughs> but, no, it had a degree of, like, it, like, it did Wasn't do sure. well... It was angsty, right? Yes, it was an angsty yes, scene. Yes, and so yes, anyone yes. who's ever had like an angsty moment, like where like they were like coloring or doing like a math assignment, and your parents walked in the door and you just kind of lost it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So there's a little bit of uh, an element of that to me. But otherwise, in regards to the scene, um, I didn't think it was like a, a, a really great scene. <laughs> I thought that it was kind of the scene that 
for a while in the movie that I just kind of turned against the kid a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and I want to talk about the kid too, but uh, to sum up my thoughts on that, yeah. that scene. Basically, I was watching and it was like, nobody's like doing a bad job here, but I felt a distance from the movie for the, and that it was kind of like, I, I, when we, the very beginning of the movie, we were both surprised, and I was certainly surprised. Like, this is so far better than I thought it would. I, the, oh, yeah. Seeing the relationship with the dad, before, essentially before the towers fell, and then it became the 9-11 movie. It was like, okay, I can, I'm, I'm engaged and whatnot. And then once that happened, the movie, appropriately uh, for the subject matter, took a turn. But that scene where they're arguing in the kitchen, it felt, I felt the distance from it, and I was like, I think there's... I don't know if uh, this is just a theory I'm throwing out there, but I think there's something about how we, as human beings, process this huge level of trauma. At least may, and maybe it's just me, um, or this kind of heavy subject matter. I think yeah. it plays better when it's slightly removed from the exact details. Okay. Uh, so to throw out another 9-11 movie, but that's not specifically about 9-11, is Spielberg's War of the Worlds. Okay. Have you ever seen that? Um, no. Oh, well, uh, I, I think... Parts of you don't have to worry no, about spoilers. No, 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 but I was just going to say, I think it's a, a great film, and it's, I think it's probably the best encapsulation of the feeling of 9-11. Right, gotcha. And I think what works about it is it's one step removed from it. It uses the imagery, but it uses it to the right context, but because it's one step removed, it's almost easier to get emotionally invested in it. Yeah. Whereas... I know for for someone like me, I'm watching this scene and again, it's like I understand this is this is real things, but like, it's almost too real that I'm yeah distance myself. Well, see, I thought like that that scene made sense, um, but sort of like the dangling of 9/11 as a like a plot piece, mm-hmm. kind of then like to your point, took me out of it. Like, I think what you're saying a lot is that like the framing of this movie as a 9/11 movie, and then also sort of like that potential of it being used as Oscar bait sort of was like, you are trying to get like the Mark Ruffalo uh, <laughs> in like uh, the movie that came out this year. Uh, oh, Spotlight? Spotlight. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, how many kids? Right, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, it's like, it's, like, it's, they're going for that scene. For that. They're going for the, the trailer during the Oscars. Mm-hmm. See, because I was sort of thinking the whole time, because first off, the word Oscar never went through my head. I, not I, even though that's the kid's name. No, no, oh no, yeah, no. The, 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 his name went through my name, through, through my head. But like, no, like, I wonder the if movie, that was intentional. Right? Though. Yeah, no, that, yeah, it was. Uh, no, I just like the, the idea of this movie being an Oscar level movie never crossed my mind. Okay. So like, and I and I didn't think people thought it was good, right? So I didn't realize it was nominated. So when I was watching it, I was just sort of like, oh, like. I thought it was an interesting, I thought it was all marketing. That they were yeah, like, let's choose yeah. a really horrible event, like 9-11, right? Mm-hmm. And then we're going to market this movie about it. Like, almost that it came in, like, late in, like, the development process. We're like, we've watched the movie, doesn't land, let's throw 9-11 in there. Really? That's you what feel I, like that? Really? Yeah, kind of, because I thought that the movie looked like it was reshot a lot. Because like, the movie kind of, like, see, like, when, I feel like when a movie's reshot, it's, it's being sort of tampered with, with people who know the script really well. So then they forget that they have to tell the story to the audience. Right. So then it starts to move faster than it's ready to. So like when he's like going around in different places, I'm like, who are these people that he's talking to? And like, why is his mother letting him go around just to talk to strangers, right? Well, they do end up answering that. I agree, right. <laughs> no, but like, but there was never any like sort of like, there was never any degree of exposition in the movie, right? They never right. really explained what, what he was doing very well. I mean, he's like voicing over, but he's kind of a flawed narrator. I know, I, thought, I, think, I, I think I was able to piece together. Well, I, I lost it. But, <laughs> but, but anyway, what I'm trying to say is like, it kind of felt like as though like, like the 9-11 thing, like I actually think that like the 9-11 thing felt like they were like, it's a movie about 9-11. Like they wanted people like that was the word of mouth a little bit. And I, just, yeah. I thought it was like, that's a weird marketing thing because wouldn't you want to sort of be like, it's a movie about like this kid growing up or something and then, you know, and then you, people find out it's about 9-11 instead of marketing 9-11. Well, that's tricky. Uh, well, first of all, they, uh, there's no they've way- They've movies, right? Well, no, I don't <laughs> think they've done that specific thing with this movie, but not with this movie. They have done that specific thing with other movies, mm-hmm. probably. But with the, in regards to this movie, I know that, I mean, if there were reshoots, it wasn't about- uh, shoving 9-11 in there because this is based off of No, of course not. <laughs> no, uh, that was the idea from the inception. But uh, if we're going to go... But I was a blind viewer for the record, so I didn't right, no, think that, that yeah, was possible. No, I was like, no, okay. no I, I like that. Uh, and that was a great perspective to bring you in on. But uh, for the movie itself, uh, I think to give it the best possible intention, goal behind the filmmakers to like remove like the... Oh, we're gonna capitalize off it. the the best possible like outcome would have been, or their intentions would be like, we want to make the definitive nine eleven movie that will help 
the audience, uh, everybody yeah. uh, process and overcome and yeah. deal with it. That's like the, the kindest thing you can give to them. Obviously, it's still Oscar Beatty and has that whole connotation too. And, and listen, I think that's noble. I mean, like, I, yeah, I think, I mean, that's I, think really I don't like this is certainly a subject that should be uh, explored through artistic means. It's always going to be incredibly awkward, yeah. right? It's, oh, it's, it's, there's or no, incredibly close. Oh, there you go. As it were. It's an incredibly hard, uh, incredible again. No, it's, it's, <laughs> a, it's a really hard title to remember. I got to be honest. I, when you asked me it, I had no clue yeah. during like the test. But like, I got to say that, like, listen, I think it is a noble thing. But like, you know how like they, we get to this point where like, oh, certain things are off limits in history until a certain point that we can talk about it. I'm like, I'm not sure that like there's a couple things that never have gotten acceptable, right? And like 9-11 is kind of one of those ones. It's, it's like, it's, it's hard to approach. Right, without it ever really kind of feeling stilted and awkward, I kind of think. I but this is maybe a good attempt to provide solace for people that were victims of right, right. I, I think, I think it's good it. in that uh, in that it helps specific people. Uh, broadly, I think it's uh, more of a poor execution thing. Like mm -hmm. I think you can have a fantastic movie about this subject matter. I don't think anything should be necessarily taboo, especially stuff that's hard to deal with. I think that's why we need art the yeah. most is to deal with these things. Like look back to obviously worse much further out than 9-11 but look at uh like all the holocaust pictures in pearl harbor too right pearl harbor stuff like that although michael bay's attempt is a little what about michael bay he's great he's a great director uh, he likes explosions he likes lens flares well, thank god there was none of that in this movie outside yeah. of there was a couple explosions yeah they were much more devastating than any michael bay explosions. they were off screen too yeah um uh but uh to to go back to the movie and, and actually uh I feel like we're kind of talking around an interesting idea. Uh, there's a YouTube video I want to point out. I'll put it in the show notes that kind of examines 9-11 through pop culture. Right. Um, and I think it's really interesting, and we're certainly not the experts to talk about that. But if you're interested in that, uh, it's, not it's not incredibly depressing. There's some humorous presentation through it, so it won't be like doing homework. But uh, it's an interesting look. Uh, it's by Lindsay Ellis. It's called Loose Cannon 9-11, uh, and she takes a look at, like, uh, how that was depicted through various movies, TV shows, and stuff like that, uh, including a terrible um, made-for-TV movie where it's like a Bush-Cheney bromance. So this what? is pretty funny, weird stuff. So I'll check that out. I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, uh, but uh, to move on back to Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. Good. I, I, was, I was worried. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, what did you think of the kid? Oh, I thought he was incredibly unlikable. He's very annoying, but what I'll say is this, is uh, he, as someone who has uh, dealt with relative autism, right. uh, autistic kids, he's very accurate, and that it's just incredibly difficult to spend time with him yeah. at a certain point. Yeah. And that can sound incredibly cruel, I don't mean to, but uh, it, it, it's in the sense of he, he seems very authentic in that he can't understand certain things and is incredibly difficult within the movie. So, so, but at the same time, I felt there was a lot of things that were very unsympathetic that he did. Well, no, here's what I'd say. Is I think that, like, because of his, I mean, I, I don't know if, like, if I drop a guy, because of his mental illness line, I mean, he, he's clearly, like, you know, struggling um, with something like Asperger's or he's on the spectrum. So, like, I mean, obviously, like, that's kind of, like, what, you know, if you, you give him the benefit of the doubt, mm -hmm. right? You're sort of like when he does these incredibly unlikable things, you're like, listen, like this kid's having a tough time, right? His dad's dead. He does have like these, like there's like a trigger warning scene where he's like walking around, like all these things yeah, triggering yeah. him. Like there are things that trigger him. I mean, he's like, he's going through a tough time. Um, I, I thought the, the trigger scenes were actually like, this is a interesting perspective on uh, visualization. Kind of well, well shot. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I like that. It's, it was a little bit doing the thing where it's like, we're going to let him get away with a lot of really bad stuff yeah. because he's allowed to, right? And you're just like, and, and that that's fine if it's an honest depiction. It doesn't do a great job making a protagonist to a story. Right, when he's like really rude to Martin Van Sydow's character. Yeah. Right, like you're like, oh come on, man, that guy's a thousand years old. Like you got to be a little <laughs> bit nicer. Like, or like when he, he's so rude to his mom, right? It's like it's not like impossible to perceive that kids that are going through a tough time, regardless especially of especially the tough time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, like they're gonna get mad at their mom. They might lash out and say something horrible. Like I, I wished you were in the tower or something like that. Right. Like. Well, I think if you're gonna make this movie, you probably want that line in there. Right. Exactly. I mean, you need that drama. It, it, it has a, it has a punch to it. Yeah. But they did a little bit of the genius complex thing with the kid. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it's why. I can't watch movies like Limitless. It's like a very Hollywood-ized perspective of like genius, where it's like they're unlikable, they're hard to deal with. That's why I was actually kind of joking when like they make a movie like Steve Jobs. They're like Steve Jobs is evil. No one can understand him. And you're sort of like, no, no, no. Like Steve Jobs was a guy that had a family and that loved him. That yeah, like, yeah. He did have a heart. You know, like they. There's, it's so easy for people to be like, 
genius, like, cause like the kids, first off, like one of the things I kept on thinking was like, listen, I get it, this kid is smart. You're not that smart. You're just counting steps and you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. He's kind of like, I'm, when he said it to his mom, he's like, you're not smart. You're dumb. You don't know any of these things. I'm like, dude, you know, like basic facts about my, like microbiology. It's not yeah. like really that fascinating. Actually, I had a really big problem. Uh, maybe my biggest problem with the depiction of the kid was one scene where if he is like, he's not actually, he's not realistically smart. He's movie smart. Right. You're saying. Um, but if he's so intelligent, how did it take him? Like a year and a half to look on the other side of the note and yeah, find seriously. the phone number. How did you not kid, see that? He was so thorough. He counted the number of steps it took to get from his house to the school. Dude, you don't understand genius. Did, That's what it is. You think you like, can understand? Like, what the fuck his, was that? No. That was the biggest WTF moment. But that, for me. that was like the worst uh, clue discovery from like a national treasure. Like, yeah. Oh, Riley! It's on the other side of the piece of paper, and well, then like, Riley I, discovers it. Right. And, that, that, that makes sense yeah. for like a movie where it's like it is one of those kind of goofy like treasure finding movies like it was in front of us the whole time yeah but like the 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 realism uh, of the kid like you know he would have thoroughly looked over that paper read every single thing that was in the paper yeah but he was a genius uh yeah he would have like like, he was very thorough exactly he's super thorough yeah so he would have come across that and then too that's just like a such a movie moment that i felt like really this is how we're getting to our final leg Uh, that was and, like, while I appreciate the kind of metaphor where it's like, yeah, the kid is searching for the thing to, the, he has a key to unlock. He's got to solve this puzzle from his dead dad. And there's no answer. It's, yeah. And, like, get it? Yeah. It's, that, that was my problem. Like, it also very quickly became so on the nose. Yeah. And, I mean, no disrespect to the fact that, you know, sometimes you need to directly talk about these things. But I think the execution could have been... Way more subtle, way more... It could have been handled with more grace. You mean like it, as though it was a story told with real people in it? Yeah, like, that would have been nice. But it's like when he's talking to Viola Davis, right? And mm-hmm. he's just like, I have Asperger's. He's like, I was tested for Asperger's. And you're just sort of like, we we kind of get it, guys. I mean, like, they didn't have... They wrote that line in there. Yeah. Be like, okay, by the way, guys, he's not just acting a little out there. Like, he's got... There's a reason. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, we wouldn't have figured that yeah, out Yeah, we're like, now. no, we know. It's It's... So I, I agree that there was... Or even uh, that, like, in the exact same scene, he says, uh, I've seen you before under incredibly beautiful in the dictionary, and then he asks to kiss her at the end of the scene? Bizarre. What the that, fuck that, was that's, that? That's the worst scene in the movie. That's not, like, how this kid... Like, we know everything about this kid. He would never say those we, things. Well, he's not supposed to be emotional or compassionate. Like, why would he... Well, is that the point? Is that he doesn't really get that he shouldn't try to kiss her to make her feel better? I don't think so. Yeah. Because he's, he's well-behaved in all the other scenes yeah. in that regard. And I don't think it's like he's just got a weird, specific boner for Viola Davis. Uh, yeah, no, offense. I mean, doesn't? Who doesn't? But, like, it was such a weird, out-of-place... And, like, even if the kid, like, did have a weird, specific boner for right. Viola Davis, like we all do... Um, yeah. He... Nothing about him, like every, and he wanted to say that. He, right. I can't imagine he actually would. He would be too shy. He would be too nervous. He's the kid who his dad created business cards for him so he could walk up to total strangers because he doesn't know how to say hello. Yeah. And he's able to say that within two minutes of meeting this stranger. Yeah. I. It's so. The movie is trying very hard to be quirky and twee. Yeah. Despite the fact that, like, that's not really what we want from this the subject matter in the whole movie. No, like, yeah. It's like the main character, uh, it's like Oscar is from a Wes Anderson film. But he's, that's ripped, fair. he's ripped from a Wes Anderson film yeah. and then put into a weird melodrama. Well, that, that's a good point because it's like sort of like that pseudo-whimsical dynamic that exists yeah. within a Wes Anderson where, like, it kind of stretches the bounds of reality. But, but it, like, it, depending on whether, even if whether or not you like his individual movies, like, his whole minutia, his whole uh, mise-en-scene right. to get incredibly pretentious, it's pushing I don't even know what that word means. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it's yeah. all part of a piece. Like, it fits. No, right, right. The, the kid doesn't fit this movie. Right, no. Like, and then his weird mid- mid-act adventures with old dude who is maybe his grandpa? What the fuck? I was never yeah, clear on probably that. Probably a Nazi. That was I, your big theory. That was my big theory. We don't... Well, well I mean, the only thing I, I, I'm not sure anymore is they mentioned he was in Germany, but, like, he had family that died so i could have been world war one but they didn't have planes in world war one so it wasn't he wasn't, yeah. he wasn't that old. but like his his dad um, did imply that his father had done horrible that's things that's true which is a weird dynamic that it, it, it's a weird nazi maybe grandpa i i don't know it was weird but like the, the middle of the movie was like amelie and it's like yeah we're we're doing this really quirky adventure where we're gonna find oh, stuff yeah i have a line for this i wrote this down yeah. it was like um bad garden state 
Yes. It's what I felt for the yes. about the movie the entire time. Or or you could just say Garden State. It was just Garden, yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. At two. At two. No, no, just because it was like, it was like, we're, it's kind of got like that Odyssey dynamic where he's like going around, he's mm -hmm. meeting all these people, and they're like influencing him all along the way. And like, I have this theory also that like, he's going through the story, right? He's running to like John Goodman and like Viola Davis, and then uh, like Martin Van Sydow, like all these big actors. They must have read this script and been like, this movie's going to be incredible, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like they all thought this movie was like, was like an ace. Like to your point, like they were like, this is an Oscar movie. I'm yeah. going to have, gonna have Crash, and then I'm gonna have this right next to the it. Crash is actually, uh, you, we were talking about Oscars before, that was the movie I was gonna bring up where it's like, when it came out, everybody was like, oh, this is such a powerful picture. Yeah. And then five years later, it's like, Crash is a piece of shit. Yeah, it's Crash, other known, uh, otherwise known as Not Traffic, but we should have given the Oscar to Traffic. Yeah. That's a long name, but like the general idea, mm -hmm. right? Like, so I, but I thought that like, yeah, like the Garden State element where he's doing like these like <laughs> quirky adventures that like. And he makes the pop-up book, like, I mean. Yeah, he's a genius, right? Uh, <laughs> You just don't get it. He's just a genius. No, no I get... Uh, right, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, that, that's a lot of the movie, right? It's a little bit like... It's told from his perspective. So if things are a little mm -hmm. out of sync or a little weird, it's because he's a genius, and it's really from his mind. And, like, there's a little bit of, like, the audience is meant to try to catch up to him, right? And, like, that... I don't like those kind of framings. Well, I mean, it depends on the movie and the execution. Again, this is one where I felt like it was more manipulative and more... Again, it just it's a weird tone, and even as someone who you know we've just watched it, so it's we're articulating as we're discussing yeah. the critique. Uh, but I think a lot of it is just like this weird, mid like quirkiness within. Like, I guess this is how he's supposed to be dealing with it, but I just didn't buy the reality. Even with the mom, yeah. the caveat that the mom was arranging the whole. Oh, thing. she pulled a professor Snape. That's totally I've been pulling all the strings this whole time. I'm a genius too, right? Spoiler alert for Although, everybody. <laughs> right? I do I do like that. That was one of the elements of the movie I really did like though, was just like this and not to jump too far ahead, just the general concept that like he's his dad. Oh no, he's really his mom. Right? You know what I'm sort of saying? Like, right, but, like you're supposed yeah. to be assuming that like he relates to his father because his father gets him, but really like his mom shares a lot of the qualities too. Yeah, yeah. Like I really like that in movies where they're sort of like, you know, a kid comes from both parents. Yeah. Right, so they tend to share qualities from both of them, not just one of them. That's not really realistic. Yeah. Right? So that was kind of a cool twist. No, no, that yeah, the, the things I did like about the ending were the fact that, oh, the mom was paying attention the entire time. She wasn't just a... Yeah, where, where was she? I wrote that down. PTSD. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where is Sandra Bullock? Where the hell has she been this That's time? a little bit of the thing, though, is it's so funny when they use those kind of big actor actors and actresses in those kind of, like, side roles that don't have a ton of, like, character development, mm -hmm. because then you just find yourself being like, okay, where's Sandra Bullock? Yeah. Like, I don't know what her character name is. They don't probably even give her a name the entire movie. Just mom. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know she has a name, but I can't remember. Right. I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of those characters. To be fair, there are a lot of movies uh, we talk about on this podcast where I feel like the character Tom Hanks plays absolutely has a character and a character name that is rich to the story. But for the caveat of the podcast, we always just call him Tom Hanks. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. And this one, his name is Thomas, so it kind of works out. There you go. Um, We're getting away with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, we'll talk about him in just a minute. To keep going on this, uh, the Sandra Bullock stuff. Oh, no, about the ending, real quick. Yeah. Uh, so I, I did like that, okay, she was paying attention somewhat. I like what you were saying about how she, he does relate to his mom a lot. Yeah. Uh, and I, I do like, and I think it's important for this kind of movie, what the movie was trying to do. I think it, though it kind of did earn it for me, because it was mostly lost in the twee, uh, I do appreciate what it was intending to do, where it's like, the kindness of the community yeah. comes together after That should have been the central focal point of the movie. I think that's what it was, but they just... They rewrote it. No, no, it wasn't... It wasn't <laughs> I'm just clearly it wasn't rewritten. But I just don't think they, like, spent the right amount of time on right. it. Right. Uh, they got kind of in love with the kid. They did that thing where they're, like, introducing this kid, right? Like, you know yeah. they did, like, the introducing Lindsay Lohan, right? Like, when they do that with Parent Trap. Oh, my God, Parent Trap. Well, I was, I was, yeah, because, I mean, we can talk about Parent Trap all day. Uh, <laughs> no, it kind of felt like, the, I, I felt bad for the kid, because first off, like, again, like, I, I like the macro objective of the movie in yes, some ways. Yes, yeah, again, I, it's like, when it hits, you look at it in broad strokes, like, I get why this is right. a thing. And the community thing, like, like, New York was so affected as a community, it's, and they really did look out for each other, yeah. and they came to support each other. Um, like in the end of Spider-Man. Exactly. Yeah. But I kind of felt, or like in a Casey Neistat video, but like I kind of... Spider-Man 2. Exactly. I, the same thing, right? But I kind of felt there was like a degree of this kid 
who did a good job, to be honest. I'm no, no, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, I think he's he, he's not amazing. Yeah. But he, he, acting is so hard. And right. being a child actor is kid. even Tough harder. role, too. But here's what I think. Super tough role. He, you know, he might have thought this was his Jack Nicholson McMurphy. Because he, he like, I think he thought that he was, like, killing it. <laughs> right? You know? And he's like, I'm killing this role. Because he did a good job. He's like, I got Martin Van Sydow. I got Sandra yeah, Bullock. Yeah. He does this movie. And it's the most, like, by the end, you're like, listen, I feel bad for this kid. But this is the most unlikable character. He's yelling <laughs> at an old man. He's yelling at his mom. He's a jerk. Ever. Like, the worst is, like, Viola Davis and, like, her ex-husband. They have, like, this reconciliation mm-hmm. moment. You're like, oh, this is sweet. And he, he just, just starts screaming. And he just runs away. And you're like, well, I thought we were through. Yeah, yeah. I thought that, we were there. That's the thing. That's the thing. I, at that point, it was extra bad because, like, the whole movie, you understand why he's this obnoxious because right. he's dealing with all this pain. Yeah. But like, he, like he had that cathartic moment where he told about talked about the the six answering machine. Yeah. That he didn't pick up, and then yeah, just like the obnoxious like uh, aggressive cutting. And yeah. Jump cuts into his rage. He's <laughs> like, this is too much. You're right. I, I, that was like a bridge too far for me. You know what vibe I got from this movie a lot too was also um, where the wild things are. Kind of like that, like, yeah. where, like, if, if it had gone into, like, an imaginary yeah. world, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Where, like, it well, almost, like, felt like it was going to. Yeah, no, you're, I, I agree. With, and that actually uh, speaks to the point I was saying earlier, where once you take a step out of reality or a step removed, it might become easier to process. And it seems like if this kid did go into a slightly more imaginary world, yeah. I could see that. That would make more sense. It, well... As much sense as you can. It would have made more sense as like sort of a movie and like as like on its way the way it worked. Because, right, right, you're right. Because like this would never realistically happen. Like I know yeah. this is a book, but I don't think it's based off a true story. Right. Where a kid was looking for a lock. Yeah. Forever. I, it, it, like he, I think maybe push the stylization of the kid's point of view more. Uh, the, the movie did a lot of this. Um, I don't know if this is too harsh of a criticism. It did a lot of sort of like the framing of it, kind of made it hard to criticize objectively without someone being like, what? Caveat. You know what I mean? Like, right? Yeah, it's, sort of yeah. like, it's not a great movie. It, it, it's, I'll actually say this. Anyone who hasn't seen the movie kind of should just watch it. I, I'm going to guess that very few people watch it multiple times because it is very I'll never difficult. Watch it, to, yeah, yeah, right. But it, it's kind because, of... Because it's difficult to watch and it's not that good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's a twofer. Yeah. But like, you should almost watch it because it's an interesting like sort of mess to watch in its own way. Absolutely, yeah. But I, I got to say, like, it's sort of like, let's say you were watching this and you're like a studio exec. You're like, oh, I don't know about this. And then like, you're going to really go out and you're going to criticize a movie about 9-11. You're like, oh, I don't know about that. And you're like, oh, by the way, the protagonist... He's on the spectrum. He's got Asperger's. Yeah, really yeah, criticize yeah. a kid for being unlikable. That's like, no, he, yeah, he's, he's trying. You know, it's hitting all those notes where it is kind of like stacking the deck against criticism. Yeah. Although I don't think that anybody had a problem when it did come out. The people who didn't like it, yeah, probably did speak out. It's yeah. Like, this is nakedly manipulated. Or they did that thing where, like, because they're writing for like you know the Hollywood Reporter, they're like, mm-hmm. tries really hard, falls just a little short, like two stars. That's, that's like, <laughs> you should never say fall short. But <laughs> a 9/11 movie, oh, that's a bit yeah. much. Yeah. See, Although, there you go. We're dancing around the language. We you, are, can't, yeah. you can't even make up fictional storylines or uh, headlines, it's right? It's true. There you go. Um, I, but I think I did kind of come away from it liking it, even though I don't think it's a very well executed movie, uh, and I feel like I'm. Ma- I don't want to sound like I'm too caveating too apologetic because right. like oh we're gonna be safe about the material but i think also i came in with such low expectations that i walked away it was like eh, it wasn't as bad as i thought it was gonna be. i thought i thought robert pattinson was gonna be in it like the entire time oh that's a different movie yeah that's that the one where they don't exist. tell you that's the one where they don't tell you it's 9-11 yeah. and then it is 9-11 so like that's like a totally ungraceful but see that's, that's that is garbage. the marketing right that's there. garbage right, yeah. we're like what's that movie where the 9-11 thing's in it but they don't tell you it's 9-11 well that's, yeah, that's this, marketing right? that's so stupid that's why you want this to be because this movie is obviously about 9-11 you would never want to trick people because that's such a horrible move. Yeah, there's like, no way around this. Yeah, like I do. There are movies that exist where I'm not gonna bring them up because then they're all spoilers if I right. tell you. But where it's like it has a weird mid turn or something or something you wouldn't have expected right. the frame of the movie to be just so it goes wild and changes. Well, see, that's the problem with the 9/11 movie. Either either it's a 9/11 movie, right, or it's. Just like, it's just like it's it's a movie that's gonna sneak in a lot. Well, that, and that's yet. why with this subject matter, you're gonna want to tell people it's a 9/11 movie, and yeah. that's what this movie. Yeah, is. yeah. Uh, so John Goodman's in this movie for <laughs> forty seconds. Forty seconds. And yeah, I think you already hit it on the head earlier because like, oh, it's an attractive, big, Oscar-y 9/11 movie. This is gonna be big, important. That's how we got all these people in. Um, but like specifically, it was. I mean, Tom Hanks and Sandra Bullock—they have leading roles, so that makes sense. Uh, Viola Davis was on the rise. She wasn't as big as she is now, obviously. Yeah. And this, that was before The Help, which was in 2012. Right. Um, 
so, so that makes sense, but it does it's it doesn't feel like John Goodman specifically was the one where it's like he has nothing to do in this movie. Right. What I'm wondering, did they cut scenes out from? They probably. Uh, yeah, apparently they, James Gandolfini was in it. That yeah, was, I read that too. <laughs> that's yeah. insane, right? And they cut his scenes out because it was too the audience didn't like it. it was too hard to watch. I think he was. I I, I might be remembering this wrong. Uh, he was like leading a group therapy session about the the aftermath. And then he started sitting on Sandra Bullock. Did he do that? They, they, apparently, there was like a hint of a romance. To oh, it. Uh, yeah. and maybe that's why they threw in that line from the kid. You can start dating people, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, the 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 John Goodman thing. Yeah, because it's almost like John Goodman thought this, this was going to be like Mark Wahlberg in The Departed. He's like, I'm being the like I'm going to be in the movie for like five minutes, and everyone's going to be talking about me. Yeah, claim Because because I, I use the R word, right? Because yeah. <laughs> right. Oh I want to use God. that as preface, but that was like that was such an out of the blue, like weird line, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm now. I'm a big John Goodman fan. No, John Goodman's great. He's the the best John. He is the best. Well, who would be in contention on that one? I uh, well, I mean, John Hamm. John Hamm, but like uh, that's not that's John not, Candy is actually out John of Candy, yeah, yeah, up there. But I think John Goodman takes the cake. Yeah, uh, he again, he as Tom Hanks is the best Tom. John Goodman is the best John. So yeah. if there was a good John Goodman podcast, I would probably hold that. And just for the record, like even if you were to bring up someone like Johnny Depp, I look at Johnny Depp more as a Johnny. Yeah, and I look le- <laughs> right, and, and as time goes by, I look at Johnny Depp uh, less and less well, like on. a Johnny and more like a John. Okay, like where you want to take a shit. Yeah, I think that you're obviously forgetting Lone Ranger, but that's okay. I no, mean, I'm remembering Lone Ranger. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I will say Lone Stranger Tides, the fourth installment of the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. That movie. I unequivocally love the first two Pirates movies. Who Not doesn't? Lying. They're amazing. Who doesn't? I mean, everyone likes those movies. Um, All those movies are missing is John Goodman. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. They're missing Tom Hanks. They could use five minutes of John Goodman. Okay. And ten minutes of Hanks. Hanks as a pirate is an interesting concept. Well, he's more of a cowboy. So he would have fit in Lone Ranger. <laughs> okay, let's get away. We're, we're, we're losing it. So John Goodman's in this movie. I, like, he's John Goodman, so it's incredibly distracting. The, the, like, I love seeing him. Yeah. But uh, he's this tiny part that really does nothing in the movie. So I think it was like, why did you give it to him? It, it almost accentuates, um, part of my French, like a little bit of a shittiness. Yeah. Right, where they're sort of like, um, see, look, we can get this actor. So you're just sprinkling them in. You're like, wait, why the fuck is he there? And a movie we, uh, I, uh, I probably shouldn't say this because I don't want to reveal, I don't know when this comes out in the order of the schedule, but uh, today I also recorded an episode um, on A League of Their Own. Right. And that's yeah. a movie where every single side character, the, the casting is so well that even if they're in for five minutes, the, the actor brings life to this thing and like is memorable and counts makes right. it count and that's like what i think they were trying to do with john goodman it's, like, yeah. it's a small part but he'll come in and he'll make it count but it really this movie is like oh john goodman's there and why was like i mean they're talking people are talking about john goodman but it's because like why was he in the movie well again like they probably like they're like this is an awesome character like he's the guy at the door he's got like this special bond with the, the kid no bond. you know he's like that guy that you know when you get getting on the elevator he knows your name like that guy you know what I'm saying like they kind of like layered in all like that like that like johnny everyman thing that john goodman's like oh, i can do this you know what i mean like is that a, that was a bad john goodman but like you know <laughs> I, I think that the general the point stands you know well, you're right. John Goodman, uh, he may be in some bad movies, but he can do anything. Mm-hmm. He can act his way out of a paper bag. Much like the man himself, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, yeah. Good in everything outside of a couple episodes we already talked about on the show. <laughs> but let's talk about it. Let's, let's bring this all to a whole. This uh, is to, a Tom Hanks podcast, right? Let's, okay, yeah, let's bring this to a yeah. close by talking about Tom Hanks himself. Right, yeah. Uh, what do you make of him in this movie? Um, he's really good. He's so... I mean, he's the best part of the movie. No, actually, like, objectively, like, he's incredibly good in the movie. I get, yeah. Uh, For as many bad things as we said about the movie, he works. Yeah, he works. And again, this comes down to casting, his talent, uh, the scenes written for him, I really like. I think the... I think my favorite scene is maybe the the first scene... Well, the only scene with the two of them, but uh, the swing scene. Where he's trying to get uh, Oscar to go on the swings, and Oscar just can't deal with it. Um, And you see... And I like that Oscar is smart enough to pull out that his dad is disappointed in him. Yeah. And you see a little bit of that on his face, but I love how real his uh, patience is with this kid. Right. Because you know he has to be that patient every single time. Yeah. But he also is so proud of this kid for all the other things we see in the movie. 
Uh, and I just thought it was a really good scene. Is it? It's a testament to uh, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is everyone's dad. In his movie he is everyone's right? dad. Like, uh, and something we always talk about in the show is, but when you cast him, you're bringing in this cachet yeah. that is Tom Hanks. And it's kind of this fatherly thing. It's this warm affection thing. Everybody likes Tom Hanks. And this is a perfect situation. This is the perfect role to cast him in. Yeah. Um, not because it's going to be his best role ever or it's a great movie, but because you need someone that everybody in the audience is going to have empathy for. It's like, we lost this character. Yeah. And you put Tom Hanks in that role, we're all going to feel like, it was Tom Hanks who died in the towers. He's the one who fell. Yeah. That breaks all of our hearts. That's the perfect casting for this movie. He And also, he's a great uh, voice actor. Yes. Right? Which is actually really important in this movie. It's super important. Because his voice has to have that echoing of like that hopelessness and like that really shaking voice. His right? hardest like, scenes are all over the phone. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I think you're so right that like he, what he brings in... Um, it, it sort of it really reminded me of like that that third act of Forrest Gump of like him bringing in like sort of like the Haley Joel Osment character. Yeah, so I was kind of like sympathizing with the kids, <laughs> seeing him as Haley Joel for a little bit. Um, but like he, Forrest Junior. That that energy he brought as a father in the beginning, I think, was it, it, it kind of saved the movie a little bit. It did, yeah. I, it, I think, and it, it, it's because it comes at the beginning. It's it's uh, creates such a. a bounty of goodwill for the movie as it goes on. Yeah, and you kind of lose that, which in a weird way, is effective because it's like the movie becomes harder to watch because we're getting further and further away from Tom Hanks. Yeah. Mirroring Oscar's journey. Right. Uh, so there's another, another little bow in your, your cap uh, uh, movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what is there else um, to say about Tom Hanks in this movie? I mean, because like what i got to say is I think that his physical, his body language in his movie was really powerful. Yeah. And it had to be because like that was sort of like... And I think that almost is to me like the most like dad quality of it, right? Because mm -hmm. you notice your father's body language. You know what I mean? Like with the ones that you love and spend so much time around, you notice the little idiosyncrasies. And because he's not on the screen that much, he has to be very demonstrative with them mm -hmm. on those small scenes that he has. And where that can feel incredibly forced, um, they did a pretty good job working the man, like with like the karate scene, yeah, and like then like with him doing like his shoulder thing while he's at the table, right? And it's it's so unique because he can do he does he I think he always pays attention to his physicality in every role, and it's always different. Like yeah. uh, League of Their Own, he's limping, and he and it's such a believable limp. Uh, this movie, he uh, he's got the the shoulder thing. Yeah, um, he looks so much older in this movie. Granted, right. he is older here, but. Um, and I, I love the, the attention to detail with uh, his outfits, too. Yeah. He's got those doofy uh, glasses. And yeah. And he's wearing, like, a sweater vest. Yeah. Uh, and there's a great scene when the kid goes into the closet, and he goes up and he smells, like, mm -hmm. the tie of his father. Yeah. Because I think that, like, that that is one of those, like, little moments in the movie, which I have to really commend, like, uh, commend is that they did a great job showing little human moments. Yeah. So, like, because, like, if your father passed away, like, that would be something, like, that you would remember forever was, like, the smell and like that, and like that, that pheromone like reminds you so much about like moments when you were young with your father who's holding you and you're getting older and stuff. And so you do really sympathize with the kid Oscar in that scene. Yeah. And then when you then when you double down on that at the end when he's finally like opened up to his mother, right? Yeah. And he's talking to his mom and she like remembers the little things that he does too. Where like when he comes home and he says this, right? And you're like, yeah, okay, yeah. It, uh, What's everybody doing? Yeah, because that's what he would say, right? Like, uh, the, if ever there was a Hank's line I wanted to hear but did not get to hear, it was. That one. Seriously, that that would be his yabba yabba dabba doo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speak John Goodman, right? There you go. And yeah, and just uh, to go back to how well of a dad, like this. This is a, a tribute to the the writing as well. But that first scene where um, Oscar, where you know everything's still alive, and he's going through the first puzzle about the sixth bureau, and he brings back this rock, and he's just like, "You rock!" Yeah, and he's just such a total dorky dad. Yeah, it's like this. Is fantastic. Yeah, and also like that's a great point because like that scene in particular, like I think right after is they're doing their bills with Sandra yeah. Bullock, and he's like you know cuddling up to Sandra Bullock, mm -hmm. and like those two can bring it. Yeah, because you know I mean? like they, they really did like sort of um, resonate love. They're like, we, okay, yeah, that's we, a real couple. We didn't really talk about Sandra Bullock enough. She's solid. She's so good, uh, and I think uh, I mean, fucking hard to act uh, against uh, on the phone, but her scene yeah. where she's on the phone with him and it's uh, when he's still in the tower. Yeah. It's so powerful. Yeah, seriously. Uh, it's so good. And just when she's reacting, I think maybe her best moment actually is when uh, she's fighting with Oscar and he says, I wish it was you and not dad. And then she goes, so do, so do I. Right, yeah. Because that feels so real and something like even 
regardless of Oscar, she would have felt that way. Yeah. Because, of course, she loves him that much. And going back to what you were saying, they feel like a real couple. Yeah. Uh, in a way that so rarely you see from uh, male-female leads in movies. Like, you don't see that scene. Yeah, sorry, what were you saying? Well, and that, what I love, I mean, obviously, Sandra Bullock and, uh, I mean, less so Tom Hanks, but Sandra Bullock is, a, you know, a movie star. She's right. beautiful and has all this. But she also looks like a real person, especially yeah. in this movie. And it actually takes me all the way back to uh, Castaway when it was Hanks and uh, Helen Hunt. Yeah. They felt so real. Right. And so mundane in their marriage, but in a good way. Right. Uh, and I really, I, I'm glad you saw that too because I thought they, I, I bought it. Yeah, I, I love that about Sandra Bullock, always have, is that she does sort of like give off this air of being like a real person. I mean, like that's their whole like speed aura. Like, yeah. Like, that's what yeah. we like about her. But, but like... You know, for the length of her career, like when you really look at it, you're like, this 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 woman can really bring it. Yeah. When it comes to acting, like she kicks ass in so many roles, and it's kind of cool to see, right? When, she's fantastic. Because it's almost like people. I mean, she's got an Oscar. People don't tend to do like the full hat tip enough. I think to Sandra Bullock. No, no. Right, because she kind of gets like you know she's not quite like an it personality sometimes like and, and, and i think that's probably a blessing right and, and tom hanks in a lot of ways isn't an it personality right, right? they don't right. put themselves in the limelight that much right like well you know brad and angelina kind of it personalities right like mm -hmm. they're the, the ones that are on the red carpet we remember like the leg we remember like the kid you know what I'm saying like but like she i think that pairing these two together as two like sort of like these like stalwarts of the acting acting industry i mean for them to kind of like be like listen we don't need a lot to work with Right, we can just have a kitchen, and we're gonna come across they, with a they, lot of yeah. strength. And it was a cool scene, actually. Like, gotta say, like for the movie, like you know, we said in the, like in the first like ten minutes, the ten minute first ten minutes of the movie are like really good. So because yeah, like uh, the kid hasn't gotten super annoying. And we don't even know what they're gonna do. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think it's because the, uh, again, and yeah, you, you kind of make a good point. Sandra Bullock, in many ways, is almost like the uh, the distaff counterpart to Tom Hanks. Yeah, and how she plays in the industry. She's not always in good movies, but she's always good. Yeah. She always brings it. Um, and she kind of has a, a, uh, a slightly classier, like a slightly removed celebrity. I, maybe I'm just reading it because I don't pay that much. No, I think you're right. Um, and yeah, just the internal life these characters or these actors have been able to bring to these characters. Yeah. Uh, very compelling. I would love to see them in a movie together again. Yeah. That's a good point. Way more than Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, but I've thrown enough shade at Meg Ryan this podcast. Wow. I mean, fair. Yeah. I mean, I, nothing will top Tom Hanks and Shelley Long, but that's just for me. <laughs> Do you feel like you have a different interpretation of 9-11, how you deal with this kind of thing after watching this movie? I think I, like, I probably... I probably don't at a macro level. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, like, I know, like, the people are still sort of dealing with their own fallout from it and, like, that it was an incredibly emotionally traumatizing thing. Um... So, like, but I think that, like, maybe what it's done is, like, it's somewhat redirected my attention to it. Yeah. Right? Like, it's not as though, like, I was like, oh, my God, like, 9-11. Like, these guys <laughs> must have had a really tough time. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, of course, right? Um, uh, and, I, and I think that sometimes, like, you see it, like, where people are like, people sometimes, I think, forget how much of an effect 9-11 did have on a lot of things in the, in the world. Mm -hmm. But I think that there's also this, like, delicate balance where um, you don't want to, like, I, I don't know, I don't want to go down that path, but... <laughs> Well, I think I think uh, well. I, what I'll say is, um, with uh, with Natalie, I don't think this movie will really change my opinion of the of the thing. Again, it's it's best possible outcome was that it was like, oh, this is a movie that helps us deal with it. Right. It's never going to recontextualize it uh, or you know solve any answers again. It's not really a thing that has a lot of answers. Um, but I, I as someone who like, or or if th this is a. a halfway decent movie to look to if it's something where you want to think about it. It's not going to be... I mean, I guess com compared to some of the other movies that are out there, it's a relatively authentic s portrayal of how the emotional experience would yeah. have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in that, it's valuable. But again, I don't think it's going to be a touchstone for a long time. Although, probably of the 9-11 movies, certainly of the 9-11 movies I've seen, which is not that many, but probably the best. It might be, it might end up being like a, a school maybe, classroom movie. Yeah. Maybe United 93 would take it. Uh, again, I've like, never seen it. It's those not movies. one I've seen, but yeah. uh, that might just because of the the, the very specific uh, non-name non celebrities right. in that, that, that sounds very authentic. I, again, it's, it's going to be a movie where if, it ha if you happen upon it, you're probably seeking out 
seeking out for a reason, and I think you'll get something from it. Yeah. You're never going to be in Tyler's position where it's just like, oh, you're watching this movie and you had no idea this was coming. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't really watch movies anymore. Right? I don't... What was that? What was what? I thought I... Something... Oh, maybe like some air came out of that. Oh, question. maybe. Yeah. I don't really watch movies anymore. Um, I do a lot of, like, Netflixing, right? I do a lot of YouTube videos. So I don't do a ton of, I'm going to sit down for two and a half hours and watch a movie that also happens to be about 9-11. I mean, it's, it's also a movie. Um, yeah. Well, well so. for, for a very impatient uh, young person, you right. were... Yeah, I was impressed with your fortitude to get through this movie. And I didn't talk that much. No. I took notes. I took copious that notes. That was great. Look, I, I think that, yeah, like, to your point, like, nothing can really like, really recontextualize 9-11 to mm -hmm. anybody. I think that we all have a reaction to it, you know? I think that we... Like, I think that, like, the, the main thing is... We mentioned it. It's like, you have the community in the movie coming forth and responding to it, right? They, like, we sort of shared a lot of, like, the, the pain in a lot of ways of 9-11. Yeah. And we, and, we, and we did that consciously to, like, let the people that suffered from it know that they weren't alone. Yes. Right? And I think that was an important thing to do. I think it's also why we have, uh, you know, comedies take dark jokes about it sometimes. Right. Because it's, like, it's a, a thing... It's a weird thing where we infected us all as a nation. Yeah. And as a community, we actually needed to deal with it. I think we're... We're past it, most of us are. Yeah. Outside of the fact that because of 9-11, so many things happened and we're dealing with those consequences. Yeah, not, it's not really gone, yeah. Right, we're not dealing with the emotional trauma so mm -hmm. much anymore. I, I don't think, I don't personally feel anything, but maybe maybe I'm in the minority there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's a heavy movie. I, you don't have to watch it. So I think we're stumbling for some great uh, thesis or answer to talk about the movie. The movie is right in itself in that uh, there is no answer. We just got to deal with it. So that's extremely loud and incredibly close. Tyler, thank you for watching this movie with me. And yeah. With, uh, I enjoyed it. And trauma. I enjoyed it. I mean, like, I mean, as much as anyone can. As anyone can enjoy. <laughs> yeah. This is the best 9-11 time I've had in years. We have to count the amount of caveats in this yes. podcast where you're like, well, you know, the, the kid is unlikable, hey, but, you very know, good. Yeah. subject matter, but, you know. So uh, if you have uh, any dicey thoughts um, and you want to talk, uh, get in touch with us about uh, this movie, you can reach out to us uh, through email. TomHanksPod at gmail.com. Let us know if we've upset you or if there's a different perspective that you have where the movie is incredible. And uh, if we, we certainly hope not to have offended any people. We hope that uh, this has been an enlightening conversation or at least an entertaining one. Yeah. Uh, or tweet us at TomHanksPod. Don't forget to follow there. Um, and rate, rate and review us on iTunes. Those always help get the word out. Um, and if you have lots of thoughts about... Uh, this movie or Tom Hanks in general, and you want to communicate them not just to us but to a wider audience, why don't you create a vlog for them oh, yeah. uh, on a little app known as Nextbeat? Wow, I'm jumping in here with the plug, right? Yeah, yeah go okay. for it. Well, I am the uh, the founder and CEO of Nextbeat. Um, we're like a, a media platform, so we have an app and a website um, where you open virtual rooms that you live post photos and videos to. Um, so if you wanted to vlog about a Tom Hanks or react to this Tom Hanks podcast, you could very easily do so. Very low production costs. You can put together great content and be able to have sort of this live storytelling experience and you can interact with people. Sounds very cryptic. I suggest you check it out. You can find us at nextbeat.co or on the app store at nextbeat. This sounds like a branded episode, the first episode of Tom Hanks brand. It's not. I'm just a friend. You did have pizza I, that I brought. No. I, I paid for the you pizza. You paid for the pizza, so it's not really, yeah. It's, we're a cheap brand. No, yeah, no. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I, I'm on the app, and uh, I think it's wonderful. I, I love to see more people get on it. Sweet. Uh, anywhere else they can find you? Uh, you've been in a shit ton of BuzzFeed videos. Right. You didn't mention that. So, if, yeah, if you just so happen to stumble upon boyfriends doing embarrassing things on the internet, you might bounce you'll, into you'll me here. Him. That's actually a new series that's coming out. Um, no, uh, if you can find me at Insta on Instagram at TylerLWilliams29, <laughs> I post very infrequently, but when I do post, you can be sure that it is my girlfriend. So there you go. <laughs> you can follow me uh, on everything at Elvis Kunish, except for on Nextbeat, where I'm just Elvis. That's a big name to get. Oh, yeah. You won that one, yeah. I'm pretty happy about that. Join us next week when we return to the theaters to see the brand new indie film directed by our favorite Meg Ryan, Ithaca. Until then, thanks for listening. Tom Hanks. We fell in love with you, Tom Hanks, just like so many do deeply, because you made us smile, 
and you're great on screen style. So that's why we give thanks. Cause you got a friend in Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. So, hey, everybody. If you're still listening, when I was recording this episode, uh, there's that moment you might remember where Tyler kind of like stops, freaks out as if he heard a strange noise. When we were having our conversation, I had no idea what he was talking about. But here it is again. Well, I don't really watch movies anymore. There's clearly something there. What is this? It sounds like a little scream. Well, I don't really watch movies anymore. A car screeching? Well, I don't really watch movies anymore. What is that? How did I not hear it? You guys hear it too, right? I'm not crazy. Well, I don't really watch movies anymore. I don't really watch movies anymore. I don't really watch movies anymore. This leads me to only one conclusion. 9-11 was an inside job.